Welcome to a special special episode of the On a Family Based Podcast. My name is Jake, and here I have with me is Dan. Why don't you say hi, Dan? Hi, Dan. Very good. I think you and Ben had the same remark, so kind of fitting. Mm-hmm. So, again, we had episodes like this with Dallas and, and Ben, and Dan will be the, the final one of this. And we're just having some time to talk about some stories about baseball growing up. So, why don't we start off with that first question I asked those two. What is one childhood memory you have of playing baseball together uh, growing up? Uh, I don't know. I don't know so much if I have one particular memory of like one particular incident. Um, what's the What's the first like, one that? But everything when had. I think of yeah, well, so yeah, when I when I think of us growing up, uh, I envision the the big main two different parks that we would go to, the one over off of 175th and Governors. And then the one that was behind the house that we lived on over on Marshfield by Willow School. Yeah. And now both of them had what was more memorable to me was both of them had tree lines that was what we used as uh, outfield fence lines. Like if you could hit a ball that went into the tree line or into the tree, period, you know, it was either a ground rule double. Or if you got it into the air, if you made it through the trees in the air, it was in, uh, a home run. Like it cleared, like it went over the fence. Yeah. So like that's more what I remember is like playing baseball. We had those two on two games. We had Herman derbies. You know, we'd invite our other family friends, um, the Snedens, and you know your brother Dallas had uh, the one friend that lived over there too, like Shane Baker. Yeah. Um, and just getting as many as we could, you know, there were some days we had four people playing. It was just four of us. And there were days where we had what seemed to be like 15 people out there playing baseball. And we had six on six games, seven on seven games. And we were, you know, out there for three, four hours playing baseball. You know, so it's, that's what I remember, honestly, a lot of our childhood that, and honestly, and then the other thing was the wiffle ball games we play in the backyard. Yeah. Where we would, you know, it was always me and you versus Jake and I'm sorry, me and you versus Ben and Dallas, and uh, you know the wiffle ball games we play in the in the backyard, um, where we would do little home run derbies again. We would do home run derbies, or we would do, you know, two on two where you know you could peg each other to record an out, you know, yes. pitch a pitcher's hand out. So at that point, it was a free. It became a free for all. And then if somebody got hit too hard, they got pissed off. Uh, oh, oh yeah, that happened a lot. You know, so that's that's what I remember a lot of playing baseball with the four of us growing up. Yeah, it was just about the wiffle ball. It was for me. I've always had some issues with anger a little bit, and <laughs> being able to peg people with a wiffle ball or tennis ball or whatever was a very good release for a little kid to throw at your older cousins or brother if you're mad at them. So, yeah, definitely. That's what I I remember. 100%. And as mad as much as as you denied it, you aimed for the head. Oh, yeah. And it would, you know, if you actually got somebody in the head, it was always, oh, sorry, I wasn't aiming. I just threw it. (laughs) It, You aimed for the head. 
yeah smallest part of the body but it would inflict the most pain that's what we that's what i that's what i remember was so that's what like i resort back to as my memories of growing up playing baseball yeah and uh uh speaking of just memories during childhood of baseball so you know again i'm I'm a Cubs fan. You're a White Sox fan in the city of Chicago. What is one memory that you have of the White Sox growing up as a kid? Um, for me, it was obviously 2005. You know, uh, that was the pinnacle of everything. Like being a Sox fan, like that was it. And the fact that I got to watch them do it with my dad who was still alive at the time and I got to watch them do it before the Cubs won, like was, you know, the best thing in the world. Uh, So there's that. And then um, just honestly, being able to look back at all the socks, like the changes, like I didn't get to go to old Comiskey. I, I, I was at old Comiskey as a child, but I don't recall being there because I was such a small child when I was with my, my parents, my father. Uh, but going to, you know, Comiskey and then when they named it, when it got named U.S. Cellular and now guaranteed rate, going to the Sox game, seeing the history of players coming through there and it's just everything about the White Sox growing up is what, you know, is all memories. Um like, you know, I actually watched Mark Burley's uh, perfect game on TV. What? Uh, and, like, I just happened to be home and watching and watched the entire all 27 outs recorded. Uh, you know, and I remember getting real close to the end and running into the room and telling my dad, <clears throat> you know, I'm not going to tell you, but Burley's doing, you know, Burley's about to make history or whatever, and like couldn't wouldn't say the words out loud, you know, yeah, because somehow me saying it out loud would jinx him. Yeah. Uh so just everything. Everything about the Sox, everything about watching baseball on TV, you know, from listening to Ken, who everyone hates, but I love Hawk. You know, mm-hmm. he's what made baseball fun watching it on TV and stuff. And then, you know, like Ed Farmer, guys like Ed Farmer on the radio, uh, just everything about the White Sox, man, has been, uh, has made me, is what is giving me my passion for this game. Yeah. You know, as you were growing up, who is one Sox player that you remember clearly as a kid, maybe as a motivational or just you enjoyed watching who's that one sax player so remember so like for me my favorite players growing up were kind of like odd guys uh because of growing up as a catcher i my favorite player uh one of my favorite player was ron karkovice officer karkovice you know he had the coolest nickname for me officer uh he was a catcher i grew up as you know my dad turned me into a catcher early on um, and then my other, my honest to God favorite White Sox player of all time is Ron Kittle. Uh, you know, he had the nickname of Kitty Kitty. Uh, so, uh, he was, uh, I didn't catch a lot of him really till I was aware of baseball till the little end of his career. 
Um, but then going back and watching stuff like highlights of old Sox games and watching old stuff, uh, I was just drawn to him. He had the glasses and yeah. like it's like old, like old school, like big glasses like my dad used to wear. Um, but yeah, so my favorite player was Ron Kittle, and then obviously Ron Karkavice himself. Uh, but yeah, those are my two like most iconic players I remember. But I mean, obviously everyone loves Frank Thomas. You know, he was like the yeah. epitome of the White Sox. Then I grew up of what like you know, watching him play, like he was the best the Sox had. Um yeah. you know, I can I could sit here and name guys like every guys as yeah. guys I loved watching. You know, I love watching Megalaradonias. I love watching, you know, when the Sox had Carlos Lee. Uh you know, I used to love Jose Valentin in the way and how hard he played and he could play, you know, pretty much any position he played for the Sox. Yeah. Um, you know, Burley was one of the best pitchers I used to love watching. I used to love watching uh, Keith Falk uh, and Bob Howery come out of the bullpen to close games out. Uh, so, you know, stuff, guys like that's who I really uh, was drawn to. Yeah, so those are uh, other players, if you will, or just, again, as we said, childhood memories. But who's the, maybe that one current player, if you had to pick one current player on the roster that you just enjoy watching, who's that one current White Sox player? Yo-Yo. Yoan Makata. Yoan Makata. Why got- him? I just loved he's got such a personality, such a you can tell a love for the game. The dude is always smiling. He seems like he's always having fun. He legitimately enjoys playing baseball, which is honestly that's like me. If I could do anything in this world, it would have been it, you know, uh in some way a part of baseball. Yeah. Obviously, I would have loved to have been a player. If I couldn't have done that, you know, I would have wanted to have been a coach, a trainer, something. Something in the game of baseball is what I would have ultimately wanted. Like if, you know, we could literally pick and choose how we wanted our lives to go. Something in the form of something in the realm of baseball is where I would have chosen for my life, my career my passion to be around and for is baseball. So I'm guessing so, I'm so guessing like, you're, you're going to be a coach for kids. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, uh, we coached years ago, you know, got your kind of kids, your age yeah. are a little younger than you. I think actually when we did, we started coaching, but, uh, you know, we coached the 13 year olds in Homewood for a year or so there. And, uh, I love it. I love, you know, all of it. I can't wait for my son and my daughter to get to age where they're playing regularly. And uh, I can be a part of that. That's, uh, yeah, can't wait. I legitimately cannot wait till I can actually coach again and just be a part of it, man. That's, but that's, but so again, back to your question is uh, Yo-Yo is his nickname, but Yoan Mankata is 100% my favorite White Sox right now. I think the way he goes about uh his from you know obviously we don't see everything that the players do day to day um but when he's on the field he's got a huge smile 
you could tell he loves it. He's got a he's got a like an amazing what seems to be an amazing personality. And uh so that's what so clearly, yeah, it's my favorite player for the White Sox right now is Yoan Mokata. Hmm. Yeah, there are so many stars on that team, or so many guys you could have gone with. For whatever reason, I just did not expect, uh, expect. Maybe it's because there are so many other people. Like you said earlier, you're more drawn towards players who did, maybe don't get the spotlight as much. And yeah, Yohan Makara is very, very solid player who doesn't get a lot of fans. Um, why do you like? He's got a he's is- got a good he's got a following. Uh, like amongst the Chicago area and like the central as being, uh, you know, a star player, but he doesn't have that superstar, um, persona, but that's more what I like. He's kind of like the more, honestly, like he's kind of got that Mike Trout, uh, essence to him where his ability and everything he does, speaks more than he will yeah um but i think that's that's why he plays you know the sick the white Sox have always been the second team you know they're always no matter oh, what they're always unless, no matter what they're always they're always number two team in the city and i think oh, that unless, also unless they're down by me and that's uh the south side of the city where all you see is white Sox stuff yeah but yeah um but I think that plays a role into why Johan is not in that superstar category. Plus, I, his skill level isn't um, as a top tier as a uh, Jose Abreu or like a Tim Anderson on the White Sox is projecting, or even you know with the younger guys like Luis Robert or Robert, who's coming, you know, who's making a big name for himself as one of the best defensive center fielders and you know one of the future center fielders in baseball. You know, Johan was good. He was a top prospect when he was with Boston before the White Sox got him. Um, I've just always been a big fan of his, like I said, for the way he conducts himself um, on the field, the way he goes about playing. Um, So, yeah. You know, uh, I didn't have this question planned, so I'm sorry if I'm going to throw you a curveball right here. But uh, you talked about your dad, and obviously your dad, as I remember, was a big White Sox fan. Um, and that definitely influenced uh, all of you guys. If by if you can just imagine kind of this hypothetical, who would who do you think, what kind of player, who do you think your dad would enjoy from this current team? What, what player or players do you think he would enjoy watching? Um, that's a good question. I don't, I don't know. Uh, so my dad's favorite player growing up was one of two people, uh, Roberto Clemente. Um, and that's just because, you know, my dad was obviously Mexican. He was Hispanic. So he was drawn to, you know, the idea that of what Roberto Clemente stood for. Um, but like, as far as White Sox goes, my favorite, my dad's favorite player was Dick Allen. Now, if you don't know who Dick Allen was, he was, um, first baseman for the White White Sox. He was part of the team that wore the white and red pinstripes. Um, 
and uh, he had a jersey at Dick Allen's for a long time. Uh, so, you know, he loved uh, Frank Thomas. Uh, so, honestly, I don't, I don't know who his uh, favorite player would be. I would think it would probably be someone more like uh, – He's at the end of his career now, but I think he would definitely have been more attracted to like Albert Pujols style player um, who's coming to the end of his career. Um, Just hard-nosed ball players um, is who I, you know, my dad really grew uh, is who I feel like my father would have loved more. Um, yeah, you, you know, of, of all those players, you named a lot of first basemen. No, so yeah, it's a Abreu Abre- might be a good option. Yeah, I, I, I think on the one the White Sox right now, if we had to pick White Sox players, obviously, I think it would be Jose Abreu. Uh, I think he would, uh, he would like Tim Anderson, but I don't think he would like Tim Anderson's antics. The uh, showboating and stuff like that. He wasn't really a fan of that. Of uh, he was more do your job and you know it's your job, do it. Do you like it? I I I do when I don't. I, I'll be honest. Mm-hmm. I do. I think it's it's bringing a new wave of youth and energy to the game and of fans coming into this to this game to introduce them to things. It's. It's bringing a lot of additional uh, fans in, I think. I think it's, you know, because it's a part, it's a big, it's an emotional thing to do, to play a sport. It's, it's emotional. And other sports, emotions are worn clearly on, the, on your sleeve. And they, like football, you know, and basketball, you know, these guys wear all their emotion because they give max effort every single play and every single time they can. And baseball's becoming more along that line. Now, baseball's not a contact or even a, you know, a collision, let alone a contact sport. Um, but he would not have been a fan of, like, the showboat style, you know, hit a mm-hmm. home run and bad flip and all that. Yeah, pin the home run. Yeah, he he would not have been a fan of that. But uh, a ball player like Tim Anderson, I think he too would have loved. He uh, again, Eloy Jimenez is another guy that comes to mind that my dad would like because yeah. he yeah, the kid is nothing but smiles. You know, twenty four seven. He's another sure. one who plays the game for the love of playing the game. So, and the Cubs had him. Yes, thank you. By the way. You're welcome. I'm yeah. I'm sorry for Kimbrel, but I'm I'm. Uh, you know what? I I like I like it. I, I don't mind Kimbrel. I think having a full year now going forward with the Sox, that bullpen they've got six seven guys that throw ninety eight to a hundred plus miles an hour coming out yeah. of the bullpen. Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? <clears throat> oh no, it's insane. Uh, but you know. I have asked you quite a, a number of Watax questions, but I'm going to ask you a stadium question, a ballpark question. So what's one ballpark you have not been to as of right now that you would like to go to, go to in the future? Oh, uh, it's easy. Uh, there's two. Uh, one would be Fenway. Um, mm-hmm. 
just because of the historical aspect of Fenway Ballpark. You know, I've never been there. I would love to go to Boston. I'd love to go see the stadium, catch a Red Sox game. Uh, just because I'm such a baseball enthusiast, I guess you could say. Um, I'm like a kid when it comes to baseball, man. Um, and then, uh, so the White Sox are my AL, are my AL team. Uh, the Dodgers are my NL team. Mm. So I would love to go to Dodger Stadium down in Chavez Ravine. Loved, you know, I can't. I would love to go out there. I cannot wait till the day I get to go out there and ch- catch a Dodger game. I've never seen the game, but I've actually been in the stadium when it was empty. Yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty cool. Yeah, I uh, we my wife and I went to Anaheim for she had a conference out there, and we did a tour of the Angel Stadium. Uh, it was in December, so there was no baseball being played, but right. it was very cool. I got to go down, went in through the visitors' locker room, but we did get to go into the Angels' dugout and kind of walk out onto the field a little bit. You couldn't actually go onto the grass, but there is that little strip of dirt that separates right. the dugout from the field of play, uh, kind of like a warning track type um, dirt. And uh, so it was very cool, very cool to go out and see that. Um, and then for your bachelor party, we went to Wrigley, yeah. did a tour of Wrigley. Um, that was also cool. I love doing stuff like that. Uh, so those are my yeah, two stadiums, Boston, Fenway, Fenway Dodger. Fenway Dodger. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, those are historic uh, ballparks and definitely – you know, uh, again, I've been to, uh, I've been inside a Dodger Stadium, but I feel like if you're if you're a baseball fan, I feel like Fenway is like a go to. Like, do we have to go at some point? Yeah, and I feel like I don't feel like you know Dallas has been to the most of all of us. I don't think Dallas has been there. So the four. How many has Dallas been to? I don't know a lot or a, more than I would think. Cause like I've I think I've been to seven or eight now. Uh, I mean, he, for, I don't know. I have to ask him. All I know is that when I asked him what was his favorite stadium, he said uh, PNC Park in, in Pittsburgh, and then like uh, he said Petco in San Diego. And he's been to see. Uh, he's been to a. I don't know. It seems like he's been to he's a lot been. actually. Now that you say that, he's probably been way more than me because. I mean, I've been to one, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, I've been to seven. And yeah. I think the most fun I had uh, was Toronto. Hmm. Um, and the most fun being a game I had was in Toronto. But the coolest stadium, which I actually really enjoyed, but it looks so like just. It looks kind of like just so plain, but honestly, is yeah. uh, Wrigley. Yep, Tropicana. No, no, Tropicana in in Tampa. Um, yeah. It's so pretty basic. Which we were there two years ago, and <coughs> before, excuse me, before we walked in, I told my wife uh, that G Man Choi was gonna win this game, and lo and behold, we. Stadium's virtually empty. I think it was like a September end of the season game. They're playing Cleveland. 
Yeah. It comes to the bottom of the ninth. They had kind of chipped their way back in to get the to take to to be down by like one or two at the time. And I think G Man came up in the bottom of the ninth with um two outs and two on or one on, whatever this I forget the situation. Wow. And the man hit a walk-off. And I kid you not, I you can ask Katie to attest to this. I missed the game-winning home run. He hit it directly at us. I think I had to take about four or five feet to my left to make a play on the ball, but it was just hit just higher than I could reach trying to jump up. Uh, he hit the home run at us. And as we were sitting there, she she goes, she looks at me and goes, she's like, so we have our son with us. Uh, he was only one of the two born at the time. Yeah. And uh, she goes, I know this goes without saying, but if there's a ball ever hit to us, I get the baby, you get the ball. And <laughs> I go, I go, well, yeah, duh. And I think within literally three pitches, the game winning hit from G Man wow. Choi was hit and it was hit directly at us virtually. Like I said, wow. I think I had to go five or six feet to my left, uh, which is he, if whoever is, you know, listening doesn't know who G Man Choi is, he's the first baseman uh for Tampa Bay. Uh he's a lot lefty. So we were sitting in the right field bleachers. And I if I would have had a glove with me, I a hundred percent would have caught the ball. Yeah. Uh, but I was well, didn't you... have one and it was just above like she was from where she was sitting. She said it looked like it was like maybe two to three inches over the top of my hand. Like I didn't touch it, but it had just cleared the top of my fingers. I I just to make a, a point that is not the only home run ball that you come close to catching. Uh, that's that's a fact. I have a I don't have it anymore. I'm uh, really bitter about this story. Uh, but the White Sox <laughs> were playing uh, <clears throat> Boston, and I had gone to the game with my brother, his girlfriend, and a buddy of mine, and we sat up into the left field bleachers and we had slowly made our way down toward throughout the game to the front row above the bullpen and Manny Ramirez lo and behold hit a line drive home run that I kid you not I literally just stood up and reached my hands over the fence didn't even move left or right just stuck my hands over the wall and the ball hit me dead square in the middle of my palms uh, I am reluctant to say that I did drop the ball due to the amount of pain my hands were in at that point. Uh, but, uh, no glove dropped it. I did get it though. Damaso Marte at the time was a Sox mm -hmm. bullpen pitcher and flipped it up to me, had the ball for a little while. Uh, my brother, uh, I guess couldn't find any other baseball to play catch with, with somebody one day and decided to use that. And that ball got chewed up, destroyed, and is no longer around. So I wish I could so, even say I have the baseball somewhere, but I do not have that baseball anymore. So thanks, Ben. Yeah, that's a big thanks, Ben. Because that would be, I think that was honestly, that was Manny Ramirez's. It was like 320, 325, 350. It was like not a super big milestone number. But it was yeah. like, it was a decent like number home run that Manny Ramirez just hit that, at that point. Uh, well, I had it, don't have it anymore. You know what? On that bitter note, let's let's end this. 
and just say this has been a special episode of the On a Family Basis podcast. And again, my name is Jake. Again, thanks, Ben. But I'm Dan. Yeah, we're going to have to ask Ben about that. I didn't know about that. So I'm going to have to ask him. Yeah, 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 that happened. All I know is that on the news report, I watched for that specific highlight. Yeah, I was on ESPN. The reporter... Was talk was trash talking you about? I know. It. I've I I used to have also the recording of that, and uh, I forget what who it was, but it was a female <laughs> ESPN reporter who made the comment of that's why you don't play in the big leagues, and I went wow. yes, and I kid you not, that is what was said because I dropped the ball from a barehanded standpoint off of line drive home run that I I think I don't think man I don't think the I don't think the ball got over 15 feet off the ground from M- Manny's bat. Oh, no. You should have caught it, bro. Uh yeah, whatever, man. None of I, this would have happened. No, it still would have happened. Ben still would have played catcher and I went at the ball. I mean I mean but yeah, I yeah but... you're right. The ball hits your hands. You know, you're taught and you grow up the ball hits your hands, you catch it. Yep. Uh Nonetheless, yeah, yeah. But I was, yeah, I was, I, I was trash talked by I forget who it was, but it was a female ESPN uh, analyst, anchor, whatever you, they're you know they're yeah. called. And this was yeah. probably back in I think oh two, oh three, somewhere in there. Yeah, I feel like uh, we have to look it up and see if we can find the clip that we get. But again, let's uh, let's just wrap this and just say we'll be on uh, next Wednesday with our next episode. So we'll catch you guys next time. Have a good one.